Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1985 to look at Bridget Nielsen and Arnold Schwarzenegger sword and sorcery action movie Red Sonja. So let's get the blades out, let's get the swords ready, let's play you a trailer and I'll see you guys soon. Her courage was forged out of fire. Her power, a gift of the gods. Her destiny, to become a glorious new hero. Red Sonia. Only one man on earth is man enough to win her. Don't be a fool. Try it. To love her. To join her great adventure. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Lord Kalador. Kill them. Two legends unite to destroy the Earth's greatest evil. God, Majesty, what you want? The world, Eichel! We must find a way in. Your Highness learns first. I make it a rule never to take a woman unless she can beat me in a fair fight. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why not? Brigitte Nielsen. A warrior. A woman. A magnificent new legend. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film is the fearless warrior Red Sonja sets out to avenge her family's murder and rid her kingdom from the tyrannical rule of the evil queen Jedrun. It's a PG-13, it's got a 89 minute runtime, and it's classed as a action adventure fantasy movie. It was directed by Richard Fleischer. Uh, he's a very capable director, he's done some very classic movies. Um, he did Conan the Destroyer before this, Amateurville 3D, um, but then going right back he did Charlton Heston's Solent Green, the groundbreaking special effects movie from the, I think it was either the 60s, The Fantastic Voyage, The Vikings with the late Kurt Douglas and Tony Curtis and another Kurt Douglas classic movie 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that was uh, one that no pun there really blew it out of the water back in the day so that's a nice catalogue of movies to have under your belt as a director it was written by George McFraser and he did the Three Musketeer movies with Oliver Reed so another sort of swashbuckling movie and he also did the uh, James Bond film Octopussy, he wrote that. Uh, I think he did the screenplay for that. 
The music was composed by the legendary Ernio Morricani and he is known for the Spaghetti Westerns, he did The Untouchables and he famously did that little movie called The Thing back in 1982 as well. So it's got a great composer attached to it, this movie. And talking about the composer and the soundtrack, it is one of the things I like about the film. The, the music is really good, it really goes at a pace and... Um, complements all the action scenes in this film and as I said before in previous episodes uh, I think the music is just as important as getting your cast in the special effects and really helps with the uh, pace of the movie and stuff like that. So let's have a look at the cast. So you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film who plays Calador, Bridget Nielsen as Red Sonja, uh, Sandale Bergman as Queen Gedron, Paul L. Smith as Falcon, Ernie Reyes Jr. as Prince Tarn, Ronald Lazy, uh, you may know him from the Indiana Jones movies, he plays Tote, he plays Ico in this film, another villain, another villainous character, and Pat Roach as Brytag, and he's an English actor who has turned up in an awful lot of films, he's turned up in Willow, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he's that guy that you see, he always plays the big sort of bad guy henchman. And one of his notable roles, just to name a few, is he plays the pilot in Rages of the Lost Ark. He's the huge guy who has a punch-up with Indy and he throws sand in his face and all that sort of stuff and gets chopped up by the propeller. So that's him. That is Pat Roach. So it's a pretty solid cast made up of people who you will recognise from other films in the 80s. The film was supported by MGM Studios and the Dino De Laurentiis uh, film production company you may have heard of Dino Dean Laurentiis he is familiar with this type of movie he was involved I think he directed Conan the Barbarian and he also did the Flash Gordon movie very famously and the studios gave this movie a 17 million dollar budget which is quite a hefty budget um, I'd say that's quite a big budget for this time but unfortunately when this film hit the cinemas it bombed it was a massive box office flop uh, back in 1985 it didn't do very well it didn't do very well critically and even Arnie didn't like this film he said to his own children he said if you, if you don't do as you're told we're going to make watch Red Sonja which I'm quite surprised because I quite like this film I'll get into that a little bit later but um, everybody I speak to even if I post it online a lot of people say oh it's Red Sonja I like this movie so I'm quite surprised that it bombed I thought it probably did a little bit better than it did it only took um, 7 million at the box office, so that's quite a huge loss with a 17 million dollar budget. I'm not sure how well it did because a lot of these films did better on the VHS rental release, so it might have accumulated a little bit of money out of that, but um, yeah, Red Sonja, man, did bad critically and commercially, so I'm quite surprised with that. But putting that aside, because I do actually quite like this film, I quite enjoy this film. Um, I think again, it's just, uh, I caught it late one night, you know me. It's a late at night movie I caught in the, probably the late 80s, early 90s as a kid on my old um, box screen TV. And I was entertained with this film to be honest with you, because at this time I was watching films like Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, which is a fun movie. And it falls into the same league as that, you know. Alright, Conan's a little bit more... Especially Conan the Barbarian, I'd say it's more of a masterpiece um, in terms of the way that story is told. But I'd say this one is very similar to the uh, Conan the Destroyer, just 
takes a little bit of a different approach on the Conan stories. A little bit more, could I say, a little bit more cheesy, stuff like that. Moves at a bit more of a pace. Characters are more comical, but always likeable. And are you entertained by these films? Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, you can't you can't watch Red Sonja and not be entertained. I don't think you might not like it. You might say that wasn't a very good film, but are you entertained? I'd give it that. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the most important things that goes for this film, and it's not the special effects or the acting or the soundtrack or anything like that. It's the actual runtime, and I think runtime in a movie is important, especially with this type of genre and style of storytelling. And this film gets very quick to the point it tells you everything that's going on very early at the beginning of the movie, and it moves at a very quick pace. And compared to other films, which are very good, don't get me wrong, I mean, you've got The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, but they go on for about three or four hours. And you're still in the shy before you've gone anywhere else by the time you got into two hours of the film and you're sort of thinking, yeah, you want it to move on a bit now. But I appreciate that those stories have an awful lot they want to explore. So I guess it, it comes down to the type of movie that you want to watch. But you need films like Red Sonja, you need films like Conan the Barbarian and Willow. Willow does the same for me. It's the same thing where it tells you everything in that two hours. Um... And I suppose you could say this goes back to me watching it originally when I was, you know, a kid back in the 90s on TV. I thought, this is this is great, you know, it's um, it's told you that there's a a powerful object that needs destroying, it's going to destroy the world, and all of a sudden you've got the characters, you've got um, Schwarzenegger that turns up and helps along, and you just think, wow, this is great. So that's, the, that's kind of what I'm saying, even though this film didn't do very well. So I think the point I'm getting to here, guys, is that if I went to the cinema today on a Friday night and watched a cheesy sword and sorcery action movie for about 80 minutes like Red Sonja, I'll tell you now, I promise you I'll be very happy <laughs> and entertained and it probably set me up for the weekend. So there you go. That's that's uh, I'm kind of rounding up this movie very quickly with that, but that's that's kind of where I am with this film. So... But let's move on to a bit of trivia, a bit of RJ McCready trivia for this film. And there's some good good stuff here, um, which I found out. So, um, more importantly, uh, the characters um, are based on the characters created by Robert E. Howard. And he created the Conan character. He did all the stories and all the com comic books, or mainly all the books and that, which are adapted into comics. And Red Sonja is part of this universe. Um, she's part of the Conan universe. She's like a spin-off or a branch. And her and Conan work together in some of those stories. And the film director for this, he actually wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to reprise his role as Conan. And that's what he was going for. But he couldn't get the rights for that in, in the film world. So instead, they just changed his name to Calidor, and some of the fans believe that Calidor is an alias that Conan uses when he goes travelling. So, technically, this is Arnie playing Conan again, and I guess it is really, isn't it? You know, he, he, <laughs> it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger wielding the sword. He's always going to be Conan, even if it's he's named himself something else. But um, there you go, it's a cool bit of trivia. And whilst talking about Arnie on that note, he was only supposed to do a cameo in this film. This was supposed to be like a major cameo for the film. 
He was told by the director and Dino Dino Rentas, we just want you to, you know, just turn up for a week, do a bit of acting. In the end, he was there for about four or five weeks acting. And he said, this is a long cameo, isn't it? <laughs> and then without Arnie re- realising this cameo turned into a major role. And he, when you look at the uh, poster for this film, you actually see that he actually sort of gets the main title to this film. He gets like the bigger sort of character. And he almost overshadows poor old Bridget Nielsen. But she, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from her because she does an incredible job in this film. But there you go, guys. That's I didn't know that until a couple of days ago when I did the... Um, I was looking at all the trivia online. Um, so, yeah, go check that out online. There's a little bit more of a story to that. But there you go. In a nutshell, he was only here for a cameo. And the other bit of trivia I've got here, and this is quite cool, actually. I never knew this either until a few days ago is that Red Sonja actually has a tie over with Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. That's right guys, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. They're both based in the same world, believe it or not. Um, Maybe a little bit um, earlier for Red Sonja because in Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, they have to go to the land of Hyboria. And I think it's in the sort of Northlands. And Hyboria is actually where Red Sonja is set. And it's set 10,000 years BC, just after the Ice Age. Sort of toying a little bit of history here, guys. I might be a little bit wrong there. But um, yeah, so Hyboria is the same location as Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. And when you think about it, there is a force of power in Red Sonja that they have to destroy or else it's going to destroy the world. And in Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, they have to try and go to Hyboria to try and summon some ancient mystical power to try and regenerate the prince. So you, you get what I'm saying here, guys. It, there is like a little bit of a plausible thing there. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, so, so you could have had Conan in Sinbad. You know, they could all sort of tie over and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. So there you go. Um, great bit of trivia. I like that bit. And um, what else have I got here? Oh, uh, Robert Rodriguez wanted to remake Red Sonja uh, with Rose McGowan. And Rose McGowan was in uh, Planet Terror. She's the one who had the sort of leg with the machine gun. I think she could have done a really good um, job with that. And I think with Robert Rodriguez, you probably would have got a really good uh, gritty action movie there. You probably would have brought some of his charm to that. But um, this was kicking around in 2009, uh, a few years later. Um, Conan was remade it, it flopped at the cinema so Rodriguez pulled out from the project so have to wait and see would it be remade again possibly um, we'll have to wait and find out guys and that's about it guys uh, the last bit here is Ronald Lacey's character the guy he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah the creepy dude he plays a character called Ico and if you change those letters around it's actually Loki which is based on the Norse god of evil. So again, that's kind of what the characters of Conan and Red Sonja, they're kind of based on that mythology. Um, So there you go, guys. There's a roundup of the production of the film and some trivia and how Red Sonja got made back in 1985. So let's have a look at a bite-sized review of Red Sonja. So the film starts off with... Sonia, who is left for dead by the soldiers of Queen Jedrin, who's the baddie in this movie. And being the sole survivor of a village with her parents and her brothers dead, she calls for help from the mysterious goddess Sache, who appears to her and gives her strength um, and conditions her agility and 
stamina to help her fight the evil queen but these come with rules and the goddess says that you can have these powers but you must never lie with a man unless you've beaten him in fair combat so there you go guys <laughs> that's your building block of the film Sonya then gets trained by a grandmaster who teaches her weapon skills and she becomes a master swordsman herself. And then at a nearby temple, um, Sonya's sister is a member of the Order of Priests who are preparing to banish a mystical powerful light that's become so powerful that it could destroy the world. But before they get rid of this, um, Talisman, Gen Gendron and her army turn up and they kill the priestess and they steal the talisman. Sonya's sister is the only one who escapes and she is mortally wounded and after escaping she comes across Calador who is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger and he helps her find Red Sonya and her sister's last dying words are that he, she explains about the talisman and that she has to try and stop the evil queen Gendron before she destroys the world and she has to put this talisman into total darkness and she also says to her that it can only be touched by a woman not a man because if a man touches it he will um, get destroyed. Calador offers to help Sonya out on her quest but she refuses and then she goes on to a now ruined kingdom of Hablock where she meets a very sport young prince Tarn by, played by Ernie Rays Jr and he has a servant called Falcon who's his protector and he tells her that uh, Queen Gendron passed by and destroyed his city so now he wants vengeance and he says that I'll help you along the way as well but only if you be my queen so uh, Sonya rejects this but then um, the prince tells her where Gendron has gone to and she's gone to the land of perpetual night to get to this land she has to go through a mountain gate which is protected by Lord Brytak which is played by Pat Roach and this is um, armed up with all of his men and after refusing Brytak's tender charm shall we say he, she kills him, takes his key and then she has to fight all of his men and to help along the way here this is where Calador turns up and you get a pretty cool action scene here with Calador and Sonya chopping up Brytak's men and you get some um, horse riding and some sword fighting and all that sort of stuff so um, yeah it's a pretty cool action scene so Sonya manages to escape and again she comes across Prince Tarn who has now been captured by some bandits and tied up into a tree and she releases him and then you get another scene here where she takes on the bandits and now she has uh, made an alliance with Prince Tarn and his bodyguard and also the alliance of Canador where after she finds out that he is actually the descendant of the priestess who put the talisman into the temple so he's kind of like a bodyguard so along the way they're trying to get to the evil queen and then the evil queen uses a talisman with a magician to sort of foresee what is going on and she sees Sonya on her quest and she conjures up a bad storm which forces our heroes into a watery cave. And you get a pretty cool scene here where they end up in a watery ca cavern where this uh, mechanical beast has been unleashed by Queen Gedrin. And you get Arnie, he's uh, tackling the beast, he's like riding it like a bronco and he's saying the only way we can take it out is by taking out his eyes. So yeah, it's a pretty good scene and he gets a knife and he takes it out and um, they manage to escape the cabin and then this goes on to them arriving at Queen Gendron's castle. They leave the prince to protect the gates and Calidor and Falcon deal with um, the queen's guards in the castle during like a dining hall so they get like a pretty good fight scene there. And then you get Sonya who confronts Queen Gendron in her council chamber. 
Sonya is too much of a match for Queen Gendron and she flees to the uh, Chamber of Lights where the talis talisman is now powerful and she takes all the power from that talisman which causes the castle to crumble with the floors to open up and now you've got like a pool of lava um, beneath the castle floor and this is making it difficult now for Sonya to try and beat the evil queen. But Sonya manages to get the upper hand, she runs the evil queen through with a sword and it sends her plummeting into the lava and this is where Sonya picks up the talisman and she just throws it into the lava pool where it blows up and it causes a chain reaction and now the castle starts to crumble and it all blows up. And our heroes manage to escape with this castle crumbling down into that pit of fire and ultimately saving the world from the evil queen and that's it guys and then the film ends with um, Sonya and Canador having a little bit of a sort of heart to heart they have a bit of a fight and then they kiss and I guess they fall in love and there you go that's how the film ends you know that is it that is Red Sonya it's just 80 minutes of as I said at the beginning of the movie um, beginning of the show guys it sort of does exactly what it does on the tin you know so if you fancy watching a fun, cheesy, sword and sorcery action movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bridget Nielsen, go check it out. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I will be returning soon for Star Wars A New Hope. I thought I'd have a chat about that movie. It's a classic. We all know about it. But um, I'd like to do my bit of trivia on there and see how Star Wars got to where it did back in 1977 because I think it was a... It was a long journey for George Lucas, um, but I will leave that for the next episode. And then the other episode after that, I'm going to be doing a Hammer Horror film. <laughs> it's uh, Dracula 1972. I shouldn't like that film as much as I do, but I do, and I'll explain all that in the episode, because I actually think it's quite an important horror movie, and I'll explain why for the episode. So... Um, look out for that, that'll be coming soon. So there you go guys, um, as always a little bit of admin, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so go and check out all the other shows there. You can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and YouTube, and there's some other players out there if you just punch it into Google. And um, there you go guys, that's it. Um, keep it Bite Size, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, 
Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.